On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I interview podcast and social media expert Ben Levitt, and we talk about stepping out of your comfort zone, and he talks about something called the three-second rule, which I'm really excited for you guys to hear, and I absolutely love. So let's dive in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatatibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. Hey, Ben, how's it going? It's going great, Nick. I'm excited to sit down and chat with you today, man. Hey, man, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Hey, it's mutual. I appreciate yours. I'm glad that we could make this happen. So, um, you know, before we get into really about like yeah, the the theme of the podcast, I really like you know growth and um, and understanding you know certain habits that have helped that growth. Um, real quick, just uh, give us a, a little bit about you know who you are, what you do, who you serve. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great question. So Ben Levitt is my name. Actually, if you want to go my full name, it's Benjamin Hayden Paul Keith Levitt. So it's definitely quite a mouthful, but uh, typically people call me Ben. So we'll stick with that. Uh, I'm a YouTuber, podcaster myself. I host my own show. And then I also run a digital marketing agency where I help businesses and, and personal brands leverage the power of social media to connect with an audience, serve, and also to make some money. Because obviously that's what is pretty important with running a business. That's awesome. Yeah. And obviously what, you know, we both do is, um, you know, it's, it's similar in a way. And I think that just goes to show you too, that, um, to me, there's, there's no competition in this. In for this sure. Space. No, no, there's, you know, there's so much room. Yeah. There's enough, there's enough for us to, to go around. So, um, you know, how did, how did you get started into this world? How did you get started in the social media world and, and, and helping people do these things? Yeah, it's an exceptional question. Uh, and it's kind of a funny story. So I had, I didn't have Instagram for a long time. Or, sorry, I did have Instagram, but I was one of those creepy people that like would never post, but I'd always have it. <laughs> so I was one of those Instagram stalkers. And it was, it came more from, like, I struggled with acne at the time when I first got it. So it was more of insecurity about not wanting to post pictures of myself. But I became fascinated by people's ability to build a following and leverage that into a business. So if you had talked to me when I was a little kid, I would have told you two things that I was going to play in the NFL, which unfortunately didn't come to be. <laughs> but the, the other thing which is, did come to be was that I'd be an entrepreneur and in business. And so what really piqued my interest with social media is the incredible business tools that they are. So after I overcame the fear and the insecurity of not liking the pictures of myself, I dealt with my skin. Then I started to dive into my own personal journey and exploring the different platforms. I'd say my first love was probably YouTube simply because that's where I established some really tight connections with influencers and different YouTubers that really provided me with a lot of confidence to want to go and do it myself. And I think I just love the YouTube platform because of how it functions with it being the second largest search engine in the world. There's so much opportunity there, which we can dive into later. But uh, that that's what I love. And then I learned about Instagram. I just... I knew that I loved this stuff because I loved to learn about it. So I think that's that's where it all came from, was just seeing the opportunities there. That's awesome. And I'm going to go into that a little bit further because I kind of talked about this on my last episode of, you know, that judgment and getting started. So um, how, how, what have you done to, to really like get out of that? You mentioned, you know, you were a little insecure at first. So was there anything specific that you kind of did to um, kind of 
get out of your own way to start being more present online and, you know, starting a YouTube channel and things of that sort? Yeah. A big push that came from was actually, it came from a negative with my, one of my good friends passing away at a very young age. And it just kind of provided that clarity where it's like, who cares? You, you could literally die tomorrow. And if, if I feel in my heart of hearts that I have things that I owe to share, and it's like, if I don't share it today, I may not have it tomorrow. And that impact may not have been felt and, and spread to even that, like we said before, if it's just one person, if I don't make it, that one person can't get the value from it. So it was really just the push for one, who cares? And two, if it doesn't matter, it's, as long as it's helping potentially even one person, it's all worthwhile. That is awesome. That's so cool. And, and you know, as we talk, I and mean, just more and more things that I'm realizing we have in common, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and, you know, to, to go into that of, of really, you know, um, appreciating and, and having that, that value, I, I, you know, I think it's really important to, um, if you're, if you're open to, to talking more about how that, um, experience. Cause I know for me having a similar experience of, um, you know, losing someone that's, that's younger and how that impacts you, you know, how has that really helped you grow aside from just, you know, like social media posting or, you know, if you're willing to maybe open up yeah. a little bit that more. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm always happy to talk about Luke, uh, the, the experience with him passing away. I think he was 19 or 20 at the time. So he was quite, quite young. And that was, there's one of those classic moments where it's, there's n- nothing positive in it but that comes down to who you are as a person and your ability to take a positive from such a negative terrible situation so for me it was the fact that i just made it my point of emphasis to live life and go after anything that i wanted if it's if i wanted it at all and to understand that time is so fleeting and life is so precious that if you don't squeeze everything you can out of it I don't want to live with any regrets. And so that was a big push for that. So I, I play that in my own head pretty often if I'm ever hesitant or if, if I'm not, if I'm being lazy, I just think about how precious life is and, and just takes me back to that moment of unfortunately going to that funeral and thinking just like how lucky we are to even be breathing. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And, and I couldn't agree more. And I think it's, it's something that we often struggle with that we need a reminder of, you know, we, you know, sometimes we hear that and, you know, we find a appreciation for it, but then we just get wrapped up in our, in our own life. It's and easy I, to do. Yeah. And I think it's important that we always bring ourselves back to that level. Um, and so do you have anything specific that you do daily to remind yourself of that? Or is it just kind of in your head? So I think it's, it's fairly subconscious now. I can do it without thinking. But in terms of daily habits to ensure that I'm going after things is I do a bunch of different things. So people have like a bucket list. I have a get it list. That's what I, I call. And I constantly add to things where I'm like, hey, I want to get this and get it done. Uh, so I have like, it's very long. It's very macro, uh, like the things that I want to achieve. So that's something that I do. If I ever see somebody do something cool, then I'm like, wow, I would really want to do that. I'll add it to my get it list. And then I'll try to chip away at them slowly whenever an opportunity presents itself. And then I also have a daily, it's not a to-do list per se, but there's things that I have that are every day that I do. If I do these things, it'll be a productive day. And then other things that I need to get done for that day specifically. So on my everyday one, it'll be, uh, I have a few, a few different things and I'll share them here. Uh, I check in with a few people that I haven't spoken with. I try to do three to five a day of people that I haven't spoken to in a while. And then I'll also reach out to five new people via social media to try to connect with them, potentially get them on my show. If not interested, at least to try to provide value and, and grow my network that way. Um, and then another one is physical fitness. Cause I know 
how important that is physically, but also mentally. I feel so much better when I've worked out and when I've been active. So it's like, I feel stupid when I don't give myself that superpower. So that's something that I always try to do is at least get 30 minutes of good exercise. For me, that's typically the gym. I enjoy that a lot. And then there's a few other daily things that I make sure to get in there. And then I throw in my need to get done tasks as well. That's so awesome that you mentioned this because for anyone who's listening, that's listened to previous episodes, are you noticing a common trend here of how much of every single person now that I've interviewed has mentioned that working out is one of the most important things that they do daily and has such a huge impact and I'm with it too. Now on that subject, do you, are you a morning, uh, you know, workout person? Are you an evening workout person? I would say I used to be evening, but since I've been getting my body accustomed to the mornings, I am a huge advocate for that because if you get it up, up and done early enough, it almost feels like you didn't even go to the gym. You still have the energy. You're like, I could go again. So I really love that and the longevity that it creates for the day. That's awesome. I had the same experience. I was always a night person. Like sometimes I would put it off so much that I would work out at like 10 30, 11 30 yeah, at night. Same, <laughs> Just pushing it off and doing it first thing in the morning is like absolutely amazing. Uh specifically, I like to like run. What do you what do you do? Do you you run, you work, you lift? What what's your like mean workout? Yeah, my main workout would be primarily lifting. I really became attached to that and the ability to to grow and uh, physically but also mentally because of football that was always a big part of it was the, the weight room aspect so uh, unfortunately obviously I can't play football anymore but that's still something that I can do every day that still provides that competitive spark and the athleticism that came from my one of my first loves which was football Awesome. And I know you touched on that uh, briefly earlier which is um, funny that you talked about being a, a professional uh, football player because um on the podcast um when i was on your show i talked about how i wanted to be a professional baseball player so it's kind of funny um you know was there a certain like when was the the point maybe that you realized that that wasn't gonna be like that that wasn't actually a a achievable goal um for you so i think to the nfl was always a very very lofty goal coming from as a being a canadian because there's there's maybe a handful of them in, in the NFL period. <laughs> yeah. So when I played college football in Canada, that was obviously a sign that's like, I think there's only been a few guys in history that have gone from CIS, which is our equivalent of the NCAA to NFL. Like that, that never happened. So that was also my own fault because I didn't make a highlight tape, which hindsight, I was like, I was just so cocky, not, not cocky, maybe just ignorant about how the system worked. I'm like, oh, I'm good enough. They'll find me. It's like, no, you idiot. <laughs> you, need them, <laughs> you need them to find you and have something to find. So that was a huge eye opener. I look back on it. And I think, wow, Ben, you were stupid and ignorant, but that's fine. It's, we, we all learn from it. And then I'd say I knew that I wasn't going to play in the CFL when I looked at how much they made. And I was like, that's not worth the torture on your body. So uh, th- that was a big decision because I, plus I had a bunch of injuries. I tore my ACL concussions, like my body for a 23 year old, I probably have the body of like a 70 year old man. <laughs> like I've been beat up. Yeah. And I think that the, you see that too in the NFL all the time of just like players, the longevity of players in the NFL, especially like running backs, what the average is like three years or. And that's what I played. So it's like, there's not a whole <laughs> lot of lifespan there. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous game. I mean, you see it regularly now of how, you know, competitive and dangerous it is. People leading with their health and the new rules that are coming in yeah. to kind of try and protect the safety, but um, to get out of the, the football aspect, but, but also to kind of stay with it too. Um, is there certain things that like some valuable lessons that, that you learn from, you know, playing football, like maybe one specific one that, that really stayed with you that, that happened in football? I owe so much of my life to football. It was such an instrumental part in my maturation as, as a, a man. Like it, it just, it was so, it was everything for, for my foundation. I think that I would push anybody to play a, a competitive sport because it just teaches you so many things, especially a team sport, because you're forced to deal with people for a common goal. Even people that you may not get along with all of your teammates, but you you learn to deal with that, which is so crucial for anything you want to do in life is your ability to deal with people. And I'd say I owe a lot of my social skills to that as well from being put in so many uncomfortable situations on the field and off that now you, you go numb to that and everything seems comfortable. And I don't think that would have happened if I didn't, if I wasn't forced to put myself out there constantly, especially when you're playing a position that you carry the ball, literally every eye in the stadium is watching you. So you have to become okay with that because if you screw up, like it's great and it's uh, it's terrible at the same time. If you screw up, you're the man. But if you mess up, they see they saw you do it. So it, I think there's so much that I owe. I think that's a big one. My ability to deal with people, and also I think which is huge for business is I learned that there's a direct correlation to your willingness to put an effort to what you get back. So I think well, I was struggling at football for some time, and I asked the coach. I was like, well, what could I do to get better? I wasn't starting. I wasn't playing. And then they gave me things to work on. And in doing that, I then earned a starting position. And my whole football career changed dramatically. So I think that was a huge eye-opening moment. That is awesome because I had a similar story in baseball as well where um, I wasn't playing and I asked the coach, like, hey, what can I do to get better? And, you know, one thing he said was, like, uh, work on double plays. And what do I do? Went to the field with my dad and just, yep, just started turned over plays, throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. You know, that's what you got to do. Um, so I love that you mentioned kind of doing something that was out of the, your comfort zone. Do you have any um, daily practices of like trying to make that part of your life of like being uncomfortable? Yes, man. That is something that is huge for me. And actually, it's amazing that you asked that question because I actually have like this three second rule where, you know, when you feel those butterflies in your stomach, I have done this for the past, I'd probably like say six or seven years where whenever I feel that I have to do whatever it is that I'm nervous about. So like, I'd be at a conference or something like that. And they'd be like, is there any questions? And if I felt that nervousness in my belly, I'd throw my hand up even if I didn't have a question ready. <laughs> and I'm like, it's sink or swim, Ben. You, you got to face this fear. Come up with a decent question. Provide some value here. And, and it always worked out. So I think when you do that and you learn that you can continue to do those things and you're okay at the end of it, that's pretty powerful to eventually teach you that nothing's that scary. That is awesome. Do you know how many people are horrified to raise their hand at a conference and you're doing it without even having a question ready? Yeah, that's it, amazing. It's a force. If you do that, I would, I would love to challenge anyone to do that because you become very comfortable very quickly through doing that. Because even, because even what I'll say is that I have screwed up. I, I'm like, Oh, I forgot my question. But at least then I, I, <laughs> I learned that it's okay. No one cared. The day goes on. So I think that's your successes are awesome, but your failures teach you more. I'd say. 
Right. And that's awesome. Cause that's a great example too, of kind of where you're stepping out of your comfort zone and you know, what we picture in our head so much worse. Like, it's not like everyone in that room now is like, Oh my God, Ben, he like got up and didn't have a <laughs> question. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's like, no one's thinking that they're just like, they're so everyone's so in their own head. Yes. And I think we, we forget that so much like of how much just think about how much you are in your head everyone's the same way you know and so allowing your own thoughts and fears to affect how you you know interact with the world um i think it's just it's just no way to to live i love that the three second rule i may have to i think i'm gonna steal that that's definitely something it's it's been crazy powerful for me in, in so many situations where i just you don't have time to think one two three go do you have another um, example of that that you could share? Yeah, for sure. I'd say like talking to girls is the same sort of thing. If I see a pretty <laughs> girl where I'm like, I would really like to talk to her. And it's like, I know in my heart of hearts, that's like, that's something that I want to do. It's a one, two, three, go. And again, it's a sink or swim thing. You got you to gotta be quick on your feet here, Ben, because you, she's standing in front of you. You just said hello. You got to figure this out. <laughs> that's awesome that is great that is i think um i think that's something that everyone should to try and incorporate in in their life and kind of stepping out of your comfort zone and doing things that that scare you a little bit is there anything that's maybe a little bit bigger that was something that was really scary for you um that you know, because obviously those are, you know, talking to girls can definitely be scary and raising your hand at a conference. But I was just wondering if there's anything that was like really scary that you made a big jump to, um, you know, kind of almost using this step a little bit. Yeah, I'd say I've always been pretty comfortable in front of people for the most part, but probably the most gut wrenching thing that I've ever had to do was I took this vocal class my senior year of high school. And the story being was that I'd always sing in this other teacher's class when it wasn't supposed to be a singing class, like just messing around. So he's like, Ben, I'm teaching this vocal class now. Why don't you take it? You can actually get grades for singing in that class instead of disrupting the class. So I was like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll take that. (laughs) It's going fine. It's going well. I'm not a good singer by any means, but I enjoy it. It's fun. And then he tells us that the final project is singing in front of like this huge audience. No, a, a solo. So I was like, what the hell are you doing to me, man? Like, I'm not a singer. So I had to sing in front of all of these uh, people, which was pretty gut-wrenching. And I used the same principle. It was like, one, two, three, get on the mic, let's go. And to add a little bit of uh, intrigue to it is that right before I went on stage, my buddy says, you won't give me a shout out. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to give you a shout out now too. <laughs> so I, I, I called him my vocal coach. I was like, I want to thank uh, my vocal coach, Kurt Schlobitz for all of his help. Blah, blah, blah. And then I got into the song. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That's too yeah, funny. Was funny, man. Was funny. That's great. Um, yeah. And to go, to go into, um, you know, you being on stage and being in the public eye. Now I know, um, you had asked me about, you know, a speaking question. I was wondering if you actually have, um, done any, speaking gigs you know teaching the similar things that you teach in your programs that you know that you're uh working on have you spoken on stage from from this standpoint from yeah that's something i definitely want to do more of and that's why i love picking your brain on that topic because you found great success in doing that but i think in my master plan i think that's something that will be very consistent in my life is i love the opportunity to try to spread knowledge and entertain and and motivate people through that medium of a one-on-one one-on-one audience talk. So I, I've done a few talks in schools, but I've never done too much in terms of a true business aspect. It's primarily been reaching out to local schools or my old school and going there and speaking to students that way. So I think that's 
a good way to start. I want to start doing a lot more speaking. So I'm going to try to seek out more opportunities to speak at more business related activities. Uh, and I've had a, a few offers here and there that hopefully will happen in the next year or so. But uh, that's something I definitely want to do. And I'm sure I'll have a lot more questions for you because I want to refine my craft for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm always happy to help. And I know you're always uh, helping me too with, uh, you know, my podcast. You're always my first and my first go-to. So you just mentioned, um, you know, when you're speaking on stage that you love to uh, inform and and entertain. And, and to me, I think that's such a huge aspect as us for content creators, mm-hmm. that it's so much more than uh, just informing people that there is that level of entertainment um so it's like crucial. for somebody that's um maybe creating content do you have any advice that you would give that's maybe in that area of how you've been able to like be more um entertaining and not just informative yeah so i think that's something that is paramount to drive success and actually have your videos and message have to have impact so i make weekly videos on my uh, youtube channel and the whole, there's just three principles and three pillars that I have in my head whenever I go into any video. And that's what I want to make sure that I entertain, I educate, and I empower my audience. So I, the three E's is what I focus on to make sure that I hit those. And I, with that being a focus for every video, I'll make sure that I'll view things from the potential viewer's perspective. And it's like, well, would I be entertained during this? And if not, then I need to up the tempo a bit, provide some more enthusiasm or provide some way to get them more engaged. That is so amazing. That's literally in my course. That's words. awesome. That's, That's huge. So amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, we're on the same page. Because it is, it's tough, you know, sometimes um, just like doing video or, you know, opening up in general, and especially on video. So here's the funny thing, like, you know, you're, you're starting to, you're getting uh, on, on crowds more and, and speak in public. But what's so interesting about video is that you don't have the feedback. Mm-hmm. You don't get that interaction so like there's a lot of people sometimes that maybe they're like public speakers but they like don't like video because they, they're not used to having the like it's so by yourself where you're just like looking at a lens it is and, pretty weird yeah right isn't it it's yeah. it's definitely something that takes some some getting used to and the reason i brought that up because like if you're trying to entertain and you would do a joke you literally have to do the joke and just put it out there and you don't even know if it lands <laughs> yeah especially with videos because there's the potential that thousands or hundreds of thousands of people could see this and if the joke doesn't hit you just bombed that to all those people (laughs) yeah it's not like you know stand up where you can kind of like maybe mix in some jokes and figure out what works and what doesn't work you're kind of just you're just taking a shot and i think that that's so important though like because even if it's bad you know it still has that value to be um entertaining and I think that that's so important. Would you have any advice for maybe something like that of like a joke or like being okay with being bad? Yeah. So man, go back to my YouTube channel and watch any of the early videos. They're terrible. Like they're so bad. I think you have to love that. And I leave them on there for that exact reason. It's they're they're there almost as much for me as anyone else because I can go back and look and it's be like. So if I make a video that I feel was bad today. I can always go back and watch the worst ones and be like, oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's a big thing. And just understanding that you can't get the good without the bad. You need the bad first to then tweak, modify, refine your processes and eventually get better. So 
don't compare your hundredth, sorry, your first video to someone hundreds or thousands video. It's not fair to yourself and it's not even accurate because they've come so far only through doing. That's great advice. And I couldn't agree more. And I think it's, it's also interesting too, um, how you commented on like going back to your old videos, because sometimes we often get caught up in where we are today mm-hmm. and don't take a moment to really look back on how far, you know, we've come from when, you know, we first started. It was bad, man. I, I started out with making like fitness related videos because I'm, I'm very passionate about fitness, but I wouldn't say it's my unique value proposition where I'd say social media and the business stuff that I talk about now, I, I think I'm in the top percent of people out there who talk about this. Whereas the fitness, I, I don't think I was. I think that's why it didn't work as much. I, I loved it, but I wasn't up there where I think you need to be. And I think you know in your heart of hearts if you're willing to become that. You don't have to be that right away, but if you're willing to put the effort to make yourself that, then you're in the right spot. And I wasn't, so I transitioned. And so yeah, you'll find some random fitness videos on my YouTube channel. Awesome. Yeah. And you leave them up there. You keep them up because you know, whatever. Again, it's like that's your, you know, origin of you know people seeing it. And I think that that's so great too of um, you know, what you said about like trying to be that, that, that top. But I think the biggest thing, and, and, you know, I want, I want your feedback on this, but the passion, like how important do you think it is to, to have that passion on, on what you're speaking about? It's everything. It is, it is literally everything. And I think even from a utilitarian perspective, you're naturally going to be better and more inclined to continue to get better at something that you're passionate about. That's actually why I'm rebranding my whole podcast as Project Passion around the whole aspect of making it the paramount that everyone is going after something they're passionate about because I genuinely believe that the world will be a better place if more people are doing that. That is so awesome. And I think that that's a message that, that everyone can um, kind of relate with, regardless of, you know, even if you're not in business of just like doing more things that, that make you, you know, that you get excited about, um, you know, like, do you have any um, insight or advice of how to um, kind of find that passion? For sure. It comes through doing things constantly. I've always been someone who's tried everything. Like if there's something there, if it, I don't care if my friends think it's weird, I'm going to give it a try. And then after through doing that, your body will tell you everything you need to, to know. It'll tell you, you'll feel a certain way and you'll know something that you love when you do it. And that's for me, that's the podcast that's speaking to people like you, that's making the YouTube videos. I truly enjoy watching a video, even of myself. And I'm like, that's going to help someone. And that, that gets me fired up. So I know that that is something that I need to be doing. I only found that out through actually doing it and then listening and doing some self-reflection to say like, okay, this makes me feel so much better or different than other things that I've been doing that I have to do, but I don't love them. I'm not passionate about them. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's great. I know, um, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this, um, on your show. So I kind of want to shift it, um, a little bit. So we're not necessarily, uh, repeating content. Um, cause I want to get value on, on both. Um, so we talked a little bit about habits and we talked about how you, um, you know, working out, do you have any weird habits that maybe are a little bit abnormal, that that you do that you would uh that you would share that you maybe find value in doing man i'm so weird that's, that's the only <laughs> thing about, like, people who know me like genuinely because if you come across me you just see me like oh he looks like a pretty normal dude 
you get to know me, like I'm pretty weird. I talk to myself like all the time. Like I'll literally have like in-depth conversations with myself about like analyzing a conversation that I've had or a situation. Like it's super weird. And I've done it since I was little. My mom would hear me. She'd be like, who the hell are you talking to? I'd be like, oh, just me. (laughs) What's wrong with this kid? But I I found that as a very good reflection mechanism to actually constantly evaluate things and how I could have done things better for to yield a better outcome, all that stuff. So I'd say that's a big one is I talk to myself a lot. Other weird habits. Um, I sing a lot. Like if something's quiet or random, like I'll just sing. Like I don't, I've always done that. So I'd say those are probably the two weirdest things that happen in abundance. That is hilarious. Again, uh, the commonalities between you and I just continue to build on each other. Cause I talk to myself also. It's just like <laughs> one of those both things. Weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Walking around my apartment, just talking to myself, I you know, do that. like Nick, what are you doing? Stop doing that you know we're uh, like yeah. <laughs> i had one of those conversations in the car today i was like ben stop what are you doing <laughs> it's just me i'm like people must think i am a nut <laughs> and that's too funny too that you mentioned this singing for me it's not singing i like to dance okay so i will actually dance um, i don't know if i've ever talked about this publicly but <laughs> i like to just dance in my apartment um you know the music sometimes playing when i'm when i'm working and you know just move around you know i just like to feel the music and and get it going you know it makes me happy and it's like these little um little joys in life that i feel are so so valuable i'm much the same like i you ask people who know me as well like that's one of the things that they would associate with me too is dancing and i'll get some booty popping out there for sure too and the right (laughs) song comes on awesome (laughs) so in regards to um joy and like um, and I know that this is something that I've talked about, and I think it's it's a struggle with all of us um, in the the kind of like the work life balance that people talk about. And you know, some people say there isn't a balance. Some people say that there is. Um, you know, I think it's important too that we're not like grind, grind, grind all the time. So, um, tell me just a little bit about maybe your experience that you've had with kind of managing, um, you know, with everything that you're doing, but then also you know trying to have a life at the same time do you have any you know insight or your you know just your experience kind of with that yeah 100 percent. i think it's a very important topic that isn't discussed enough and i think because hustle culture has become very much a thing where it's just like hustle hustle grind 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 do this if you want to be successful if you don't you're a loser type thing and i think if you want to be exceptional at anything it's going to take sacrifices commitment and time i don't think that's i don't think that's avoidable so i think that's something that you have to come into it being okay with and the thing that you're doing the passion that you're pursuing has to be so deep that you're willing to make those sacrifices but i think it's also scheduling things that are important to you that aren't that objective is still very very important because that time away from it is going to allow you to come back with a lot more optimism and enthusiasm when you actually do start doing the grind again so i think making time for your friends making things a priority or making people a priority is awesome especially when People know, everyone knows that you're working hard. They know that you're crazy busy. So when you make time for them, they really, really appreciate that. So if you can schedule that ahead of time, so it doesn't become something that falls through the cracks, everybody benefits from it, especially myself, because I get so much from that. Awesome. Now, do you, um, you mentioned like hanging out with friends. Is there anything else maybe aside from people that you will like block off time to make sure that you're, that you're doing the exercise that we talked about, that's definitely super important to me. And then I try to do education every single day. It's something that I, I want to try to learn something new every day. So 
usually that comes in the form of at least reading a two chapter, two or three chapters of book of a book every day, or learning a new skill related to marketing or social media, things of that nature from YouTube. We have such a crazy availability of information nowadays that if, if I don't feel like I'm maximizing that, I just, I feel so lost and, and the opportunity, I'm just not seizing it because there's so much out there. You could constantly be learning. So trying to make that a, a guided practice, something that I do all the time is definitely something that I try to make consistent. That's awesome. And I couldn't agree more, you know, like there, you know, if you're sitting like watching TV shows and it's like, man, there's so much like knowledge out there that you could be learning. You I mean, you could be learning a language like that. It's just kind of like whatever it is that you want to do, you can, do you know, it. you can do it and you can find resources. And a lot of times it's free when, you know, whether it be on, on YouTube or not. Uh, but I do love that you brought up, um, you know, books, um, because to me, it's a big thing for me. I feel like books really changed my world and just, it's the, it's the knowledge thing. You know, I know that I had a post where I talked about reading and you're, you, you commented on my Instagram, just like knowledge, because that's like the big thing. It's not so much like books, but it's just like seeking knowledge and how important that is. Do you have, um, maybe like one book or a few books that you recommend that like really just kind of changed your life or impacted you in a positive way? Yeah, absolutely. And I think on that note, it's just to throw a little side note to this, that I was the kid who would never read a book growing up. I, you couldn't, I went through all of high school writing papers on books that I didn't read. So like that should speak to you the fact that it's crazy switch and contrast now that I actually seek out time to read books when I literally would watch the movie and make things up about it. So that, that's funny. I, and I see you laughing there. So I'm thinking you're the same way. Yes, dude. Like <laughs> no joke did the same thing for a term that's, paper. Like watch to watch the movie, uh, The Natural, instead yep. of reading the book. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I did one on Into the Wild, I think it was called. Uh, and I, I used a quote that was from the movie and it wasn't in the book. <laughs> and then she got me. I was like, oh no. no. So she took off like 10% for that. I was like, damn. But whatever, I, I go back to your question there. A few, I've read a ton of books that have been super powerful for me. I think one that's uh, important given the current economic landscape is that we're likely going to head into a recession within somewhere in the near future, who knows when. But a book called Unshakable uh, really teaches people the grounds into how to build and establish wealth during a recession because that's truly the best opportunity to set yourself up for future success. The, and one quote from it was, I think it might've been from Buffett or one of the other people that he consulted with was that you need to look at it. Like, yes, it sucks that you're going through a recession, but you're thinking about it. Like everything that you would want to buy is now on sale. So it's like, if you have the assets and you set yourself up in a good position, you could build crazy wealth that would not be possible if not for that recession or that sale. So I think that book was huge. Excuse me. And then another book that I just finished that was on my list for so long and everyone's like, Ben, you need to read this book. You need to read this book was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't, I've always been decent at dealing with people. So a lot of these things I think I did subconsciously, but when you actually make a mental note to do them, the impact is so valuable there, especially if you struggle with dealing with people. I think that book should be a must read. Yeah, that's awesome. So the first book, that's Tony Robbins, right? Unshakable. Yeah. Yes. So Tony Robbins is very smart in the fact that like he's not an investment expert, but he has access to all of the best investment experts in the world. So it's it's Tony Robbins' book. He doesn't really say anything. It's He consulted with the top investment people in the world. That's awesome. And then I love that you said How to Win Friends and Influence People, because I think that's such an important book. And um, 
you know, I read it cause that was one too, that like a lot of people, you know, recommended that I would read. And I think that it's beneficial for anyone. Again, it's like not, this isn't like a business book. This is a personal it's development a life book. book. And I, I honestly, I don't like the title a lot. It, uh, yeah. I think it's a little dated and I think it could be presented in a lot better of a way for sure. Yeah. Like I, I don't want people to, um, it, yeah, it objectifies people like they're like a, something that to be owned or, or one yeah that you're yeah that you're like brainwashing them and it's <laughs> exactly. really like not what the book is about no. i would also say if, if you're a parent oh my gosh that it was like super valuable yes. i was thinking of that while reading it i'm like this is going to help me as a future father yes yeah because he uses example of how he talks to his kid it's just it's a communication book you know of like of how you communicate with people and and how important that aspect is the best way to communicate with people 110% I couldn't agree more yeah that's yeah definitely and, and I'll keep I'll have everything in the in the show notes too for um you know these books and, and all of Ben's stuff and um to go more into the the you know seeking knowledge and and really just pursuing that uh, that growth aspect is there anything aside from books um, and maybe like courses that you do in regards to like seeking to learn yeah. So I think podcasts are a huge one. That's what exactly what pushed me to start a show was how much value I took away from that. And it's the same sort of mindset, mindset shift that I had that allowed me to start reading books was the crazy realization that you're literally getting your idols, perspectives, knowledge, and life's work handed to you. They're, they're delivering that to you. That is insane that we have that ability, ability and that privilege to get so much wisdom accessible in so many different ways. Like if you want a video, you can probably find a video. If you just want audio, you want to take it to go. We have that, like we're so lucky. It blows my mind every single day. And I think just understanding how lucky we are that I need to take as many ways as possible. So if ever I can make a situation where it's idle time and I can try to make it more of a value driven exercise to so say like driving places, if I know it's going to be a lengthy drive, I'll make sure and I'll plan ahead that I'm going to listen to this podcast because I know that there's something that I want to take away from it. So I think podcasts are huge, constantly just seeking out different videos. But I think one thing that I did learn was becoming not just mindlessly searching for things to learn, but going in with some sort of intent. Like, what am I trying to take away from this, this listening session or this viewing session? And how can I actually maximize this? Because if you're there and you're present in what you're trying to consume, it's going to sink in and have far more impact that way. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent. I think that having intention in general, I think is, is so, um, you know, powerful to just like have intention with everything that you do. For sure. Um, you know, one thing that I talk about again on social media is like having intention with everything that you post, like there is a strategy and strategic, um, you know, standpoint with, with having that intention. Now you mentioned, uh, the podcast and, and having podcasts, do you have a specific podcast or, you know, aside from your own that yeah. you would recommend, um, or, you know, that's like maybe your favorite. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge deck. So some of them all look more for broad life skills approach or mindset things. And then some will be a lot more tactical specific to my business and my niche. So like, I'm a huge marketing social media nerd. So if some of them are specific to that. Uh, I have a, a big list. I'll name a few that I, I really enjoy. Uh, one is called The Diary of a CEO. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that episode or should that show. It's by Stephen Bartlett, the co-founder of Social Chain. It's a massive digital marketing agency that just actually went public. 
Uh, and it's crazy because he's like 25 or 26 and he's built this crazy massive business. And he was a very poor kid in England who dealt with like racism, all these things. So he's a perfect example where so many people create these false realities for themselves, like why they can't do it. And it's like, if Steve can build this juggernaut of a business from the situation he came from, you can do whatever you want. Uh, another one was Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn. I, I love that one. I'm like, I kind of view myself as like the Pat Flynn for like younger people or like the younger Pat Flynn. Cause and I didn't even know who he was until I stumbled across his content. And we had so many videos that were like almost identical. It was crazy. So he's a huge inspiration for me, someone that I try to emulate. And another one for anyone who runs an online business is The Art of Online Business by Rick Mulready. That is a, a great show. He is one of the, pioneers in the simple Facebook advertising formula space. Like he has a great course on that. So I listen to him a lot. And then I'd say the last one that I'm pretty consistent on will be sometimes I check in with the Gary V audio experience, but I very much enjoy the Tim Ferriss show. I think he's, his content's great. Of course, there's more overlap with uh, you and I, uh, again, <laughs> just piling on. Um, Cause uh, Pat Flynn, love Pat Flynn. He's, he's, yeah, he's great. That I listen to regularly and the Tim Ferriss show. Um, Tim Ferriss is so unique too, because of, he brings on such a, a very so diverse mix of people. Uh, I think that's, what's really unique about his podcast from other people's. And it's also insanely long. Most of his too. Yeah. Um, like two, three hours. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. But when you find a good one, it's well gonna, worth it. If I was going to recommend one, um, Terry Cruz, um, yeah, that one did very well. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal episode um, with Tim Ferriss. And it's, it's cool that you mentioned Rick Mulready because I've heard him mentioned at conferences and stuff, but I don't actually know a lot about him. So I'll definitely will. He's awesome, especially with the course that, that you've created. Like he is great at building the proper Facebook ad techniques to deliver a, a great re return on investment for the products like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I would definitely, I definitely will check that out. Um, so I do want to, uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, keep too much of your time. And I, I love that we've, uh, you know, we've dived deep and, and I love these conversations too, because um, again, you know, we've been talking for a while now and, but, but here, you know, I'm, I'm even learning more things about you, seeing the commonalities that, you know, yeah, between you and I again, uh, which is so awesome to see as well. Um, but if there was, um, a culmination, like, so I, I, I love to, um, you know, with this podcast to me, it's a lot about, uh, the growth and, and habits of, of what, you know, you do. And so, um, to, to go back to that and, and kind of transition into, to that a little bit, um, as like a, almost like a final note, is there anything else that maybe you can think of, um, as a habit, I know we've talked a, a lot about it. Um, that that that's really just been a um, a game changer. Or you know, here's another way to go about it. Or another habit that maybe you don't do. That's something that you would like to do. Yeah, well, I, I can answer both those questions. A habit that I don't do that I, I really need to get better at is I'm pretty unorganized. I, I need to improve on that dramatically, and it's something that I've I've pointed that out as a flaw of mine. So something that I'm actively trying to work on. But what I try to do is utilize people who are very organized. So like I have some people in my life who are very organized. So I try to use them as resource to say, okay, how do you conduct yourself like this? How can I be less of a mess and do things in more of a, a neat matter manner? So that's something I definitely want to work on. One thing else that I'd say is a common practice of mine is that 
uh, I heard this real estate quote and I kind of transitioned it into anything with life. And it says, the quote was, you're not a tree, you can move. Meaning so you control your own situation. So there's so many things that we can't control. Like you need a job, you need to do all these things, you, you have responsibilities, but you control how those things get achieved. So it's like, I was always the guy who was searching out my next internship like a year ahead because I wanted to make sure that I was giving myself the best opportunity to be in the best position possible for something that was beyond my control. I knew I had to work for those four months. I knew this something that I had to do. So why not make it the best situation possible? And I hate, I, cause I hate that when people complain, they're like, Oh, like the situation sucks. It's like, well, why does it suck? Because you put yourself in it. You didn't, you weren't diligent enough to go ahead before and figure out, okay, this isn't where I want to be and then make different situations. So that's something where I'm big on is that you can always dictate where you are and where you're going. That is so awesome. And I could not agree more. You know, I think we often feel stuck um, that thing something may happen and you're never stuck. That's a great, never. that's a great quote um, where you can always pivot. You can always work on new things. You don't like your job. All right. Stop complaining about it and go get another job, you know, or, um, and a lot of times too, it's like perspective also, you know, like maybe you're just looking at it the wrong way. And, and that is something I've been guilty of for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. Like I, you know, I understand, but the perspective can be so much greater too. It's like, all right, well maybe you don't love everything that you do, but how about you focus on the things that you do love and the value of that? You That's know? powerful for sure. Awesome. Um, Ben, I want to thank you so much for your time. Where, um, where can people find you? Yeah. So, well, I want to thank you again, once again, for listening and for, for, for talking to you. Sorry. And everybody listening, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen, make sure to subscribe to Nick's podcast and rate it five stars in the podcast app. You have no idea how much that helps you. So make sure to do that for him. Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, just my name, Ben Levitt. I'm also on Instagram at, at Ben Levitt. So it's B E N L E A V I T T. And there's an underscore in that. The guy who has just Ben Levitt, he wouldn't sell it to me. So, so I got the, I got the underscore on Instagram. Uh, and then you can also find my podcast, which, uh, right now my, my podcast is called uh, do dope shit and it will soon be changing names, which I, I alluded to earlier on, but yeah, so you can still find it as of when you listen to this, it'll be called do dope shit in the future. It'll be called project passion. So depending when you listen to this. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ben. Um, thank you everyone for listening and remember let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.